And so there are ways to do that. Uh, it, it's actually get a third and a fourth AI involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing like training our very important AI with more AI. You know, when you're an AI researcher, everything can be solved with AI. I think that's the... <laughs> I think. Well, well, you have a hammer. Everything looks like it. Uh. Hello, and welcome to Stream of Consciousness, a media program made possible through 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. I'm your host. I'm Ben Kulat. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Amy. Hi, Hi. Amy. Howdy. Um, so today, Amy and I will be talking about pretty hot button topic right now, AI. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing a little bit of research on AI this semester. Uh, I took a class, and so I know a couple of things. We'll leave it at that. I don't want to say I'm an expert or anything. Uh, but yeah, it's been in the news a lot. People have been talking about ChatGPT. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, just been a lot of it. Rolling around both in like the news media, oh, is this the end of this? Is the end of this? And then on the flip side of like social media and um, <laughs> uh, entertainment, just going, what's the funnest thing I can do with this yeah. thing? I'm gonna have this AI play this video game for me. Let's see how it goes. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. So wait, really quick, I'm curious, have you used it? So because some people just haven't used ChatGPT. I have never touched it. Ooh. You're in for a treat. You got to try it sometime. Um, I wanted to show it to my parents. And so what I did is um, have, I think I told my mom, or I showed my mother, I prompted it with, write my mother a poem, a limerick, um, asking her to have a nice day, uh, but an old Victorian era posh accent. And it does it perfectly. It's great at stuff like that. It's really interesting. Interesting, yeah. But truly... You would not guess it was written by a computer. It's it's truly incredible. Wow. We hear a lot of – so this is going to be an interesting conversation. You being sort of on the inside and very pro. I wouldn't say I'm against AI, but I definitely have heard more of the negative, uh, potentially dangerous sides of all of this. Absolutely. I would say uh, it's really important to understand it because – I'm predicting there's no real way to avoid it at this point. It's coming down the road. It's coming down the pipeline. Um, and so it's going to be a part of our lives. And you're right. There are a lot of concerns that I think that we should have and should be addressed and should be made aware of. Um, and I think a lot of them could be mitigated by people understanding AI. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about it today. Really, at the end of the day, ChatGPT is a really complicated parrot is the thing. Um, the way AI works is you, you get a ton of data. You just get like the entire internet and you show it to a computer and through a sort of convoluted process, it mimics that data. And so for ChatGPT, I don't know the exact ins and outs, um, but I imagine they just kind of fed it the entire information or entire information of the internet, whatever they could get their hands on. And then they have another AI that's responsible for critiquing it and grading its performance. And the language model that is ChatGPT, its goal is to fool the the critic. And so the way you train it is you at first it makes a random guess. And of course it's going to be gibberish because it's just making stuff up. Mm -hmm. But then every time it makes a guess, it's told were you correct or not? How did I believe you or not? Um, 
and the better it starts to guess, it starts to move in that direction. And so eventually you get something that is very good at fooling things into thinking that it's real. And that's how we train them. But it doesn't know things. It doesn't have context or uh, knowledge or like validity of the statements. It's only meant to sound real, like a very complicated parrot. So you have, you said like two AI. That is very interesting of like, if AI is training AI, yes. is that kind of the self-learning process of it? So this whole thing, ChatGBT, is one AI, and it is being essentially working with inside of itself two versions. Sort of. Uh, so there's two parts to an AI. There's uh, the training step, which is where it, it's uh, you know trained to sound real. And then there's the inference step, which once you have a trained model, uh, you just give it something like a prop, and it spits it out. Um, the really neat, cool thing about AI is that inference step is very quick. Uh, so you can tell it, do a thing, and it does that instantly, but the training step is very slow. And so the, the critic part is involved in the training, making the AI sound real, but I imagine the actual GPT model is just the, the generator. Okay. Um, I know a little bit more about this because I've been trying to make one for myself. Actually. Oh. It's very interesting. Uh. So there's this data set online called ImageNet, um, and there's also a couple of others like CIFAR 100, CIFAR 10. And they're just, uh, ImageNet is 1.3 million pictures of things. Just dog. anything. Yep. Uh, just off the internet, there's like a picture of a dude in there. Uh, I have a fun little example that I can show you sometime. Uh, but there's pictures of dogs, people, uh, nature scenes, uh, buildings, Truly and literally just random things. And uh, sort of like I said earlier, the there's two parts to it. The You have the critic and the generator. And the generator, you just feed it random noise. And so it, it takes that random noise and it transforms it into an image through basically just like a giant equation. Um, more on that later maybe. So before you're trying to make an AI, what is your goal at the end of this? We're kind of, we're learning how that building process works, but... Maybe if we have an end goal in mind, I might right. be able to see yes, what's going sure. on easier. Uh, so because I'm giving it 1.3 million pictures of things, at the end, it'll make pictures of things. Okay. Whatever so it be. Similar to uh, Dolly. Was yep. that one I of them? I think there was a famous one called Dolly. Very similar, yeah. Um, this would be without prompts. I think Dolly, I've never actually used it. You can say, like, uh, draw me a picture of a cat riding a slug into battle or something. And it would generate that specific thing. Uh, this would not be that. It would just make something up, something interesting. Okay. Uh, so I've been trying to do this. Uh, I think sort of describing this process will also give some insight into how AI works and what makes it so difficult and sort of how it works. Um, and so after showing it 1.3 million pictures of things over and over and over, it actually sees the same ones hundreds of times. Um, there's a second AI called the discriminator who also takes um, – uh, discriminator or the critic. Uh, there's a couple of different ways to describe it. Um, but its job is to look at an image and say, was this a real image or is this one generated by the generator? Yeah. Um, and so like the most basic AI, I think the ones that started were, were classifiers. Do you remember? Um, it's not, well, it actually is. Uh, back in the day, whenever you go onto a website, it would say, are you a robot? And it would have like the weird text. Captures. Yep, captures. Yeah. 
Uh, do you know why it was text? No, I don't know why it was text. Uh, they were training an AI to read text. And so... That seems a little uh, underhanded and deceitful. Yes, but I think the end result is quite good. So Google, I believe it was Google, was trying to uh, digitize a whole bunch of uh, text documents. And so you show it a whole bunch of text, um, which for us is very easy to read, but is harder for a computer. And so to train something to do this, you need tons of labeled images of this letter is an A, this is a B, this is a X. Um, and so it's very hard to get that much data. So what they do is farm it out. So people would say, that's an X, that's a B, that's an L. And suddenly you have a whole bunch of labeled images. And nowadays, when you get recaptures again, do you know what they're pictures of? Stoplights, cars, things like that. Oh, cars. They're training self-driving cars. <sighs> it's the same thing. My goodness. So anyway, you have classifiers. That's the most basic things is look at a thing, identify what it is. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, the critic part of the AI model. And then there's the generated part, which is sort of the same thing but in reverse. Um, but yeah, so they just kind of go back and forth. And as the critic gets very good, it eventually can give helpful – I don't want to personify it too much. Sort of, It pushes it in the direction of making realistic images. And so then the generator, after a while, will make things that have convinced the critic – that they are real images, that they look identical, they're hard to tell apart. Mm -hmm. And so going back to ChatGPT, um, it's concerning to me that there's no model of like correctness. So uh, I work with a bunch of computer scientists in my, in my work, and they all seem to love using ChatGPT to answer questions about coding. Um, and so I was talking to a person yesterday, and I said, Where, what, what is this doing? He said, oh, I don't know. ChatGPT wrote that. Which, to me, is terrible. Yeah. If, if you don't know what it's doing, ChatGPT doesn't know what it's doing. <laughs> because it doesn't – it is not trying to solve the equation. It's trying to convince you that it's solved the equation. Yes. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's convincing, but it's not correct. Yeah. And I know in a similar vein, I, I work as a botany TA. We've passed it around our circle of our professor essentially asking the exam questions to chat GPT. And we all just absolutely tear it to shreds because it is wrong, like all the way down. But after looking at it for a solid couple minutes of like, hold on a minute, that is entirely incorrect you know what i have a story just 40 minutes ago i had a meeting with my professor this man has a phd um and we were again we had a question I said let's ask chat gpt so we asked chat gpt and we both looked at it and think oh, i think that's right and we really dug deep and we decided no no it's completely wrong yeah but it's so convincing mm -hmm. and that's that's the real concern and advice i want to give to people is you gotta you gotta be really critical and take everything and get a grain of salt. It's really the same thing as Google, you know. In a in a similar manner, you anything you it's not the same thing as Google. But what I'm saying is if you get something on the internet, there's no no way to know it's true. Yeah. Unless you fact check it. Yeah. And so you really have to be careful and identify the things that it is good at and things that it's useful for. And importantly, only ask it questions that can be verified. 
Because, um, yeah, if you ask it something, you have no idea what the answer is, and you have no idea to check if the answer is true. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I think there's a lot of upsides, too, to AI. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of tasks that we do on a daily basis. Or, so let me back up, actually. Yeah, and before we get into that, um, I'm talking with Amy, my friend. We're talking about AI. Getting into 90.3 KRNU. Continue with... Yes. Uh, upsides. We've talked about kind of the history, generally how it works. I think there's a lot of tasks that we do every day that could be helped. Just, uh, you know, things... Or it's so... Alexa and I don't know what the other ones are. There's the, the Google various, Home. Google Home. I think like, I'm, I personally am excited to have the personal robot assistant in my home. <laughs> uh, there are definitely concerns I have. But I would like to be able to say, remind me at such and such time to do this and this. Uh, add this to my shopping list. And if, uh, th- those are the kinds of things that it's good at. They already do that, yeah. Yeah, they already do that. I would like, uh, we were making a PowerPoint the other day. It's like we've been using black Arial font on all white background for nine months now. I'm like, <laughs> we should mix it up. We yeah. should have this look nice because we're not doing it and we're not going to hire like a professional to do it. I would like an AI to be able to, here's, well, I'm going to spruce it up. It looks, it has the same content, but it looks nice now. And I think those, those are the kinds of things that could be good. Um, there's a lot of bad sides. You don't say. You don't say. Um, I'm anticipating a lot more spam emails in the future, and they're going to sound a lot more realistic. Mm. Um, I'm anticipating a lot more uh, junk articles online, uh, especially on the internet. There's just going to be a lot of AI-generated just garbage out there, completely made up, uh, generated to sound inflammatory and generate views because it's good at that too. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, we kind of talked about like just knowing that AI is not here to fix problems. It is here to convince, to deceive puts it in such a negative light, but that's what it's here for. It Mm -hmm. is here to convince you that it is real. Yeah. And, of course, one day we will have to answer the question, when does it become real? I think that's coming down the line, possibly in our lifetimes, but what do I know? And I also know kind of still continuing on with this like line of downside, something that's been brought up a lot is uh, legality. Mm-hmm. If you get hit by a self-driving car and you try and sue the person who owns it and they make the defense, I wasn't driving the car – does that then fall on whatever company happens to make that self-driving car? Does it fall on the person who developed the AI? If there's a legal debate of ownership of a piece of music mm-hmm. that is composed via AI, was it who has the media rights to that? Mm-hmm. And just how do we parse that out in our current legal system i really don't know i think similar problems still exist with uh developed things of who who's responsible you know i could make maybe not a self-driving car but maybe a 
a safety critical piece of medical equipment for say, and it fails. Am I the developer responsible? It's hard to say. Certainly I have a, a duty to, to make it as good as possible, but I can't make it perfectly. I would say certainly you, there are situations which you could say that I was negligent if I had made a, a, a medical device that had failed in a way that was predictable and preventable. Um, and so I think the same principles would apply to an AI if it failed in such a way that was predictable and preventable. Um, but you know, the classic example is the trolley problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, could you turn the, would you turn the trolley? So it instead ran over five people instead of the one it was going to anyway, or excuse me, I think it's the other way around. Yeah. It's currently heading towards five people. You can pull a lever causing only one person to die, but by acting, you've directly caused that one person's death versus five people dying through inaction. And it seems contrived, but that, that could be a very real problem that a, a self-driving car has to solve. You know, you're going at a speed too great to stop, and there's two pedestrians. How, how does it resolve that situation? And I would say a, a human's not going to perform any better at answering that philosophical question than an AI. And in that particular uh, hypothetical, there is actually a third option. Oh? The car spontaneously explodes? Swerve the car. Yeah. Miss both the pedestrians, but grievously injure yes. or kill the driver. Yes. Which all are very bad thoughts. Yes. There is... And... Going back to the idea of AI learning, mm -hmm. do they learn the same? Like we've talked about the the physical process that they do, but if their entire thing is convincing something that it is true, does that even leave room for these moral questions within that AI model? I'm glad you asked. Let me back up actually. So convincing... Uh, is the specific goal of GPT uh, to sound realistic. But that's not necessarily the case. Uh, the way that AI learns uh, is that you have to define what does it mean to be right. Um, and so we call that the loss function, is that it measures your correctness and importantly measures how you could change to get better. Um, and so let's go back to the, the classification example, where let's say you are looking at digits or letters or text or something and you want to classify whether or what what word is that what letter is it yeah you're either correct or you're not yes it either is an a or it is not an a mm -hmm. and so you might measure that by saying the the percentage that it got right um you guessed you had i showed you uh 100 letters uh you guessed that these three were a's but in fact they were b's uh so you're docked points for those and you're given points for the ones you got correct and so the way it improves is it actually does some calculus. It takes the derivative of its answers with respect. We won't get into that. It's a lot of math. It's a lot of math is the answer. Um, and so the, the important part that I'm getting towards is that the what your AI is learning depends very critically on how you're measuring its correctness. Um, and so in... 
in a in a generative model where its job is to create something from nothing now uh typically the the correctness criteria is how convincing is it mm -hmm. and in that case yes it would be uh i don't know where i'm going i suppose its job is to convince yeah. but in one where its job is to navigate swiftly mm. it might that convincing isn't the same yeah instead then you would measure it by a different measure i have a friend who's now going to start working on um where best to place water infrastructure using ai and so that would be a very different sort of measurement of correctness and measurements of performance is how well does this and so you ask the question could it be creative could it answer moral questions you would have to define a way to be correct, to correctly answer the trolley problem. Which we don't have. Yes. <laughs> and so there, there's there's the problem, I would say. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it could ever do that. And then in the way that it learns, because it has thousands, hundreds, millions, billions of inputs, mm -hmm. it learns through swift repetition mm -hmm. right it's essentially going probably in depending on the process and power of the computer in one second reading a paragraph going back to that like text example reading a paragraph putting down all the letters and then getting feedback and then trying again with something else yep. that's exactly it it does it um so earlier i was saying i was trying to make uh an ai to generate random images yeah with 1.3 million images, uh, I did the math. It trains in epochs. One epoch is namely is one entire look at the data set. Okay. Uh, for the kind of model I was doing, it's typical to have like 500 to 1,000. Epochs? Uh, epochs. And so you look at every image in there uh, 500 times to 1,000 times. And mm. every time you make a guess, it's updated slightly. Um. Running on the supercomputer here at the university, that would have taken uh, half a month for 500 epochs or a full month for the 1,000. Wow. Yes. So it is very, very slow and very uh, intensive. Very slow, but very fast. It, how many images? 1.3 million. One point, it probably took me a little longer than, a, little than longer. a month to look at that many images yes so it's about 40 minutes to look at all 1.3 million that's, so that's very fast and not just to look at them to make them up from scratch yeah you make up 1.3 million yeah so essentially you have this training method of just repetition 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 until it approaches that point of validity yeah but then if that's how it's training how is it up to the AI creator, mm -hmm. such as yourself or whomever might be working on it, to define correctness in a case of that moral ability? Or like your friend looking at water distribution, right? If you have, let's say, 50 city blocks, you have to put water towers on the number that would best distribute the water, mm -hmm. whatever. Would it be able... Would it even be possible to encode things in there, like not just consideration of like, all right, how can we get this water best to all the individuals in the area, but also things like ownership of the ability of the building, um, 
neighborhoods thing like a lot of other considerations does that have to be coded in can it be coded in and how do we kind of look at it from that perspective you're asking the right questions uh so yeah it really boils down to how do we assess correctness um in the circle of back to the generating i so there's a, a phenomena when you're trading training things to generate stuff uh, again there's the two parts the the part that generates and the part that uh, decides whether it was real or not uh something that can happen is called mode collapse where the generator finds a way to fool the critic and it says all right i know what to do i'm going to make that image again and it keeps making it and so it gives this positive feedback loop where it it just makes the same thing over and over again and they all look identical which is of course not what you want no um and so it's still active research that how do you penalize it for for making the same thing over and over and over again for um, cheating for cheating yeah uh and so there are ways to do that uh it, it's actually get a third and a fourth ai involved <laughs> <laughs> uh nothing nothing like training our very important ai with more ai you know when you're an ai researcher everything can be solved with ai i think that's the <laughs> i think well well you have a hammer everything looks at ai uh but so going back to how do you if you need to have it also take into consider things like uh where where are these buildings located how does it affect the communities uh the ownership you would have to include in the way that it measures its correctness those factors um so you'd have to include in the loss function is what it's called those factors uh as do we reward it for having certain certain behaviors certain criteria certain uh solutions over others uh because again the way you define correctness is the way the correct answer it will find not the correctness you want and and so there's another uh phenomena there's uh ai have been trained to like play games for instance okay yeah uh, i think that was Oh god, that was years back. Open yeah. AI, I mm -hmm. think, was what I first remember seeing. It was like they were taking on pros in one v ones, and they were beating mm -hmm. them. And I think, uh, I think that was chess, right? For the open AI, I think chess was one of the first tests. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've tried them in other games. Uh, I, there's a lot of just like sort of simple games that wouldn't be very interesting to a human, but they're simple enough that they could, they're reasonable to. Research, yeah, they're yeah. reachable to train. Um, so one of them I saw was like a racing game, where uh, a a car had to go and like collect coins and uh, hit certain checkpoints and do it as fast as possible, and so it was rewarded based off the number of points it got. And eventually, uh, this AI determined that there was a very specific path where if it just kept on going in a circle, it would pick up this coin and pass this checkpoint over and over and over and over again, and that was the fastest way it could rack up points. But that's not how you play the game. It never got to the end. It never got to the end. Yeah. Because they defined success as just get the get the number as high as it can go. And so that's what it strives to achieve. And so if you train an AI to achieve a certain goal, that's all it looks for. So listen to your conscious, we're talking to Amy about AI. It's been really interesting. So if we're talking about how do you how AI is trained and how things like ChatGPT and Dolly and all these various AIs are created. And we're talking about reward. Is there a way to 
giving reward is it i've watched like one video on ai mm-hmm. but i remember there's like a a carrot and a stick model right like essentially the only way you can train an ai is either by rewarding it or punishing it exactly and that's it. about it yep um i i wish i could remember the name now there was a famous thought experiment uh you train an ai to collect stamps okay and so first it says okay I can uh, buy stamps using money off of the internet. And then it finds out, hey, I can buy and sell things on the internet too. And so maybe it starts uh, buying baseball cards, trading them to make money to buy stamps. Okay. Because its its goal is to buy stamps. And so eventually it uh, it learns other things, maybe how to write write emails. And so it starts sending people messages telling them to get stamps. And it sends messages to people to do things for it. And it pays them with money that it's gotten from selling things on eBay, presumably selling trading cards, and then buys more stamps. And eventually it becomes so advanced and so fixated on collecting stamps that it takes over the world and enslaves all humanity to make stamps. (laughs) Because this AI's only goal is to collect stamps. And so if you're an AI researcher, uh, say you want to make an AI to take care of your kids, you have to think of every possible situation and every possible that is good, that is bad. I'd rather not be enslaved to make stamps. I'd rather not be as well. And so that's kind of the crux of AI, I think, at this moment, is that if we want to do real tasks, is that you have to be able to define those tasks really well. Um, and especially with those kind of open-ended questions, like um, I would like you to make an Excel document to do such and such. How do you, yeah, how do you define correct behavior? Yeah. And that's still an open question. We haven't solved that one yet. I mean, computers are really dumb at the end of the day. They do exactly what you tell them to. Exactly. Exactly what you tell them to. They are not creative. They they don't make things up. But they make up for it by being very fast and generally not making mistakes. And so I think what AI has done is sort of take, well, we're good at doing things really fast. And we're good at doing the same thing over and over. Let's crank that to the max. And so I do think we're, we're going to approach a limit to, to how far you can push that. Okay. Well, thank you, Amy. That was Stream of Consciousness on 90.3 KRNU. Thanks. Thanks.